Welcome, everyone, to another episode of What Exit Jersey Stories. My name is Nick Franco. I will be your host today. Uh, my normal co-host, uh, my friend uh, Pete Rayario, uh, had last uh, second uh, to, to change, so he apologizes, but he did send me some good info to, uh, to, to share with everyone. But uh, with me today, uh, of course, uh, keeping us uh, running here, the, the, the glue that uh, holds all the pods together right now in the universe, Mr. Ming Chen. What's up, everybody? And also uh, with us is my longtime friend, uh, the, the, the leader of Jerryoki, um, an, an awesome teacher, and just a, an all-around great guy, Mr. Jerry Porto. Thank you, Nick. Good to, good to be with you and Ming today. How you doing, Excellent. Jerry? I'm good. I'm good. This is exciting. I like what we're talking about today a lot. Yeah, you, you actually have some... Uh, you know, being that this is what I said, Jersey stories, you actually have some stories for us uh, about our subject today. And today's yeah. subject, we're, we're going to be talking about some of that. We're going to talk about the Pine Barrens and some of the legends of the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. So first off, what are the Pine Barrens? All right. That, uh, you, that... you, you, you live closest to the Mings. Oh, am I the closest? I guess I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm farther south than you guys. That is um, correct. To me, the Pine Barrens are uh, this uh, uh, kind of vast wasteland of pine trees and forest <laughs> and things where weird things happen. Um, I, I guess you could compare it to. Um, uh, uh, from what I know, it's the home of the Jersey Devil, and uh, as you further south. Down say, the Garden State Park game. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's just woods, as far as the eye can see. And there's nothing there. Um, and uh, that's what I know of them myself. Uh, I was down there once um, mm -hmm. for the Jersey Devil. I got dragged down there and asked for the comic book man. Right. And uh, we, we found him. He was our friend, Rob Bruce, dressed up like the Jersey Devil. crap out of me or something. <laughs> So that's nice. what I know of it. So, but hey, uh, Jerry, can you turn your volume down just a little bit? Of, a little bit sure. Of, um, yeah, I think we're getting there. Uh, yeah, some crosstalk uh, of uh, you know, you know, for, as Mike said, yeah, long time listener, for, first time caller. Yeah, like two or three clicks would do it. Perf uh, yep, that's perfect. Perfect. Um, awesome. So yeah. So what I know is, uh, you know, it's where thing horrible things happen, but nobody sees them because there's nobody out there, and uh, you know, you you always hear stories of maybe random. Kids going down there, exploring the Pine Barrens on a on a, on a lonely night, and uh, you know, seeing something weird and running back to tell everybody else. Uh, mm -hmm. I've had friends who've claimed they've seen creatures out there, uh, but it's it's kind of like Jersey's wasteland, if you will, um, and uh, it's the the nexus of uh, where uh, weird things happen, from what I know. Well, d d definitely, you know, there are weird happenings in the uh, in the Pine Barrens. How, how about you, Jerry? Anything else uh, that you well, want to what Ming has said about the Pine Barrens? Being an English teacher, I have to research everything. So it's it's there known as the uh, largest uh, Atlantic coastline or coastal Pine Barrens ecosystem. Uh, it spans seven counties uh, on the Jersey Shore, um, and is continuous a continuous example of an ecosystem remaining. Uh, that there, there's one in Long Island, Central Pine Barrens, and Massachusetts 
Um, but the Pine Barrens in New Jersey are the largest on the East Coast. That's my exactly. share. I had my parents in, um, I believe it was 1977, bought a house in Bayville, New Jersey, which was uh, on the in the Pine Barrens in uh, Berkeley yeah. Township. Right. Um, and uh, so we, I had a little a short story to tell about that. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Maybe later or whenever you want to hear. Yeah, it, we, we, we can get to that in a few. Um, yeah, I, I just want to add a little to what you just uh, did, because also uh, as, as a podcaster, you know, like and for this pod particularly, it's yeah, I, I learn a lot. And, you know, like, I had to do research just as you did, uh, Jer. <laughs> and um, like um, adding to what you were saying with the Pine Barrens, why it's called Pine Barrens, it's because the soil, it's it's a very sandy, acidic, nutrient poor soil. That yeah spans this area. Um, a lot of people, you know, the locals, the the pineys, as they they're called, they call it sugar sand. And and, and actually, we bennies, we bennies are talking about it. Yes, we bennies. <laughs> so so Ming, actually, w would you be a benny? I don't, because you you're kind of that border. Uh, the, again, you're central Jersey. But you're right on the border of the shore. So uh, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the pennies are the people who invade our beaches and our shores every summer. So. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I think Benny is actually an acronym. For, I can't even remember what it would stand for. I'll have to look it, at it. It, it, it actually the research that I did. It was um, back in the day. The trains would travel from Bayonne, Elizabeth, New Jersey, uh, New York, and Newark. And so the ticket would say B E N N down the side and they just added the e the y and that's that's one of the supposed reasons the other is that they benefit benefit from going to the shore so of course those, those are the two supposed reasons for benny's the term benny exactly well yeah some of the early bennies the uh, the european settlers <laughs> They, they they traveled a little longer than uh you know like d down the uh yeah you know, down the train track uh when when they first came they could they found when they uh landed there and tried to actually grow things in the pine barrens they couldn't cultivate like their normal crops mm. well, that, was, that was due to the sugar sand which is a new term that i just learned so exactly mm. But some other cool things, and this is uh, some of you may have done some of the similar uh, research here, Jer. Um, that whole territory, the p territory of the Pine Barrens, actually helps recharge the seven trillion gallon Kirkwood Cohanesi uh, Aquifer, containing oh. this. This is one of the the strangest uh, things that I've read, containing some of the purest water in the United States. Oh. When you think New Jersey water, do you think the purest water in the United States <laughs> comes from New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> that that is true. So, yeah, you know, because of this, um, in '78, uh, Congress uh, passed legislation to uh, designate like 1,700 square miles or 1.1 million acres of the Pine Barrens as a national reserve, the, you know, the nation's first national reserve of this type to preserve that ecology. And then uh, it was also uh, a decade later uh, designated by the UN, uh, an international biosphere reserve. 
So it's a pretty cool place, the Pine Barrens there. Oh, it's, it's it really is fantastic. I love Route 9, traveling up and down Route 9. Um, speaking of the, the reserves that you um, – one of the reserves that I hit uh, or the national parks, the National Wildlife uh, Reserve, it's called the Edwin B. Foresight, which is right around where Leeds, Mrs. Leeds, the supposed – Ah. Jersey Devil Mother is uh, her her house is uh, I, I think it's still a- aspects of the house are still in uh, a historically um, preserved house uh, in in Galloway, New Jersey. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, we will get to Mrs. Lee's in a, in a couple of minutes, actually. But yeah, th- that that is uh, some some good info. Now, is that also that picture you sent me, uh, Jer? Was that the? Uh, uh, I sent you the picture of the house um, that's supposedly in Galloway, New Jersey. Okay. Um, which is a ve- it's a very nice looking house, so I'm sure it, there's aspects of it. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this uh, you know, you guys are so. Where where is it that you live, actually, Ming? Is it what what part? Uh, I am uh, on the Jersey Shore, the, uh, the central part. So I'm right by Sandy Hook. Oh, nice. I, I, I'm right in Red Bank, Middletown, about uh, 15, 20 minutes north of Asbury Park. So I, uh, I'm, yeah, right, I'm right on the shore for sure. That's, that's like, neat. Not, not the Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore, Point Pleasant, but uh, farther north than that. And uh, right. so not, the yeah. real Jersey Shore, everyone, not not the uh, MTV version. Yeah, not the MTV version. Right. right. The, oh, Red Bank, because that's where the, the, the uh, comic book men are from, right? Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. That's great. Beautiful well, area. The uh, I, Seeing that army base on Sandy Hook is amazing, too. That's incredible. So few people know about that. We we have another episode that you have to do just on that, on Sandy Hook. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no I was going to say Sandy Hook is a very cool area. And uh, yeah, we, we definitely should do it. Yeah, if if you want to uh, come on back for that one, Jerry, we can uh, talk a little Sandy Hook. I'd I'd love to. I've done some off. Not supposed to go where I went, but I did go. <laughs> so there's a there's a little I, I wonder where that was. Naval base, right, Ming? Isn't it a naval base? Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. There's a there there's a there's there's a military base there. Uh, missile batteries, all kinds of things. Yeah, that's a whole episode for sure. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So, well, if, it's a, if it's a naval base, maybe we can uh, inquire to uh, Mr. KB Burke and uh, see if he's got any uh, na- Navy uh, intel on that. That would be uh, we'll, we'll see if KB has any poll for us. <laughs> I'm guessing not, but you never know. But um, anyway, like one, one of the things about also the Pine Barrens that s- sounds counterintuitive um uh, years ago, you know, before actually before the uh, European settlers got there, uh, it was inhabited by the uh, Lenape uh, tribe, the Lenape uh, American uh, uh, Native American tribes. And what they would do is in the spring, and the fall, they would actually burn a lot of the woods uh, to reduce the underbrush. And it would actually help improve some of the plants that could grow in that and some of the hunting conditions for them, too. And. Actually, before before man, apparently when the Pine Barrens first came to be, you know, forest fires happened and 
this has been an ongoing thing for many years that actually the Pine Barrens, um, it actually uh, benefits from these forest fires, which again, sounds counterintuitive. It also helps um, the, uh, the, the different uh, trees that you find there. You wouldn't have the different variety of trees if these uh, fires did not happen because you would be over, overrun by oaks. Oh, very interesting. I didn't know it would be oaks. I thought it would be pines. And no. also there's, the, when, uh, what I remember my experience from 77 to 86 in the, in the Pine Barrens being in uh, uh, Berkeley Township and, um, uh, you know, because I went to a place called Glen Cedars, uh, which is Glen Cedars, Cedar uh, Creek, mm -hmm. um, is uh, the blueberry bushes. They were everywhere. Yep. You could, like, in August, September, you could go right outside the house and have blueberries. They, they weren't big. They were small, but they were very, uh, they were very tasty. And um, you, I, I believe there were also raspberries and the cranberries. The cranberries. Cranberry. There we go. I was going to yeah. say the Pine Barrens is actually um, – one of the areas that mainly supplies uh, New Jersey is one of the leaders in production of blueberries and cranberries. Hmm. And a lot of it is in the Pine Barrens. Some of the bogs that you find um, in the uh, Pine Barrens. Yeah. yeah actually, uh, they started cultivating some of those cranberry bogs in the 1830s. Oh, I didn't know that. And Ocean Spray is still there in uh, in or around Bayville in the Berkeley Township. You are correct. Mm. Yes, yes. Ocean, Ocean Spray, you know the, the the leader in cranberries and and cranberry juices. Uh, yeah, they're, they're based out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Ming, how long have you lived in the Red Bank area? Uh, I've been here almost twenty years. So, yeah. I've seen a lot of weird things, but uh, mainly, maybe mainly from people. So I haven't seen any cryptids or uh, creatures here. So um, you know, I think you have to go farther south for that. Yeah, uh, well, except in the summer when the bennies come down, then you see a lot of weirdness. But yeah, you, you'll definitely see some cryptids at that point. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. That's true. That's my experience too. But um, being that I go back to to you know seventy seven and eighty six. It's amazing how much that area has changed. I'm sure that you in your 20 years there, Ming, have seen an, an unbelievable change in, in the in the uh, whole environment around you, correct? Uh, yeah, just uh, in, in good ways. Uh, you know, Red Bank's definitely built up, but uh, Asbury Park is the big uh, is a big thing that uh, that's definitely changed over the last 20 years. So that's cool. and that, that's for the positive for sure. That's neat. Yeah, it's neat, beautiful. Um, go ahead. Then. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, be, be, besides ocean spray, you, you know, like years ago, there used to be a lot more industry that, you know, or attempts at industry in the Pine Barrens, too. Like they they did shipbuilding. Uh, they had sawmills, gristmills in the 1700s, charcoal operations. And even uh, in the mid uh, to late uh, 1700s, they actually the first iron furnace opened there in 1765 and a lot of bog iron was mined from the bog streams and waterways of the pine barrens and it was uh worked in like 35 different furnaces across state huh. 
And the, the iron from these furnaces was instrumental, uh, actually, in supplying the American military uh, with weapons and uh, tools during the Revolution, the War of 1812, and the Second Barbary War. Wow. That's amazing. Well, also in the Pine Barrens, the first Indian reservation in the Americas was founded in Brotherton, 1758, which is now Indian Mills in Shamong uh, uh, Township. Well, so New Jersey, the home, the home of the first Indian reservation. That is correct. Oh, really? Huh. I didn't know that. Where, it, was that in the around the Pine Barrens? Yeah, Brotherton, Brotherton. Oh, okay. Interesting. And, and now, like I said, it's uh, Indian Mills in what's called Shamong Township. S-H-A-M-O-N-G. Wow. First Indian Reserve. Now, I'd imagine that it's not that anymore, right? Uh, no, I don't. Well, again, I think you have some historical site, you know, like uh, left of that, but you know, like of it being an Indian, uh, like a Native American Indian reservation, I don't know if that's really there anymore. Just, you know, just the traces. I have but, to say uh, that the one thing about uh, this podcast that's so excellent is, you know, there, there, there's my experience being 52 years old. There's Ming's experience. There's your experience. And it helps to encapsulate the things that had happened and, you know, that we, re we remember, um, that are gone, they're disappeared. They're off the face of the earth. I, I've oh, yeah. gone back, um, three times to see this, this, this was a very important period of my childhood, uh, 77 to 86 and being down that we called it a shore house. Um, but it was, in the, <laughs> it was in the middle of suburbia and it was, it was still, uh, there were only, like maybe five houses on J John F. Kennedy Boulevard in Bayville. Um, when I, when my family bought the house, it was little more than it was like two rooms, a kitchen, uh, a, a bathroom and a porch. And we fit our family of seven in it. There were the fishers next door who were family of, of 12. No, let me see father, mother and 11 kids. So uh -oh. 13, 12 in the Pine Barrens. I don't know. There were a lot. I'll tell you, even Mrs. Leeds, that's she's that, the, I was going to say thirteenth <laughs> child, right? So exactly. big family um, all over there. Uh, I guess that's the only thing you had to do uh, in the Pine Barrens <laughs> uh, for most of the things. But there were some, you know, I, I remember so many uh, aspects of the landscape that are gone um, and people are trying to resuscitate them. And by having this podcast, you're doing that, Nick. You're, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and cat, you know, this is recorded and yeah. can be saved well, for prosperity. Podcasts, yeah, podcasts are actually, you know, if you want to call it a memorialization of, you know, a lot of these things, you know, from days past that we all remember, grew up with, saw, maybe didn't see, but heard uh, the tales of, you know, and, it, this is why also, Jer, you know, you should, you should think of uh, starting a podcast. I, I, I'm fine doing the coming on time to time with yours. OK. Jerry uh, <laughs> Oki is is uh, understood. <laughs> time consuming along with two kids and uh, teaching. So um, but, yeah, I'll come on your th your show and, and help. I am a big uh, but this is for, you know, not not this show. 
and it, it maybe it is a podcast that I'll have to start, but I'm a big uh, Hudson Valley uh, huge fan. But Route Nine is is amazing. The the um, it's it's just incredible. I I didn't I found it uh, about five years ago. I knew you know from a child, but mm-hmm. I I didn't you know because I was I think uh, let's see seventy seven. I was nine to nine to uh, eighteen. Um, I really didn't, ha- I had, did, I had a child's mentality. Um, but now going there at, at, in, you know, at, at age 48, 49, 50, uh, it, it's amazing. There's so much that's undiscovered even still, um, oh, yeah. you know, w- I was driving back from Washington DC with uh, my girlfriend and we hit these portions of land that it was just, they're just juts of roads that are being developed, but at the end there's no development and uh, it dirt roads with with crabs on them and scattering all over the, road the place. Road to nowhere. You could see <laughs> fr- when we got to the end of this road in uh, I believe it was Smithville, um, way down on Route Nine, um, we saw Atlantic City and we saw this gigantic. Uh, these these three or four gigantic wind turbines, mm-hmm. and uh, the wind turbines were they they were amazing. It was like it's kind of like a surreal um, landscape. Uh, you could see Atlantic City's big towering. You could see the the towering uh, buildings. You could see the uh, marshes with the uh, the marshland. Um, what would they call those reeds? I don't know. Ming, do you know those? The name of the reeds? They have a name, but uh, yeah, I think I would just call them reeds for now. <laughs> I have no you idea. see the turbines between them and placed in the the big wind turbines that are supposedly giving them power. And that's right at the end of this road in Abs- Abscon, uh, New Jersey, or Abscon, yeah. Smithsville. Abscon. What's it called? How do you say it? Abs- I- Abascon or Ab- I, I don't know. Ab- do, you, do you know Ming? Uh, Abascon. Uh, yeah, that's how it's spelled. Abascon. Okay. Um, yeah. Abascon. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure it's got some weird pronunciation, like everything. You, you, you must teach us Bennies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and out out on the end of this road, when you're seeing the wind turbines, they're playing ACDC and uh, and Judas Priest. You know why, right? Uh, does it scare the birds away? No, it's because the turbines are huge metal fans. <laughs> oh, ow. Uh, all right. Dad, we'll get to that dad joke. Dad joke count one. Okay. Okay. So there's no music, but everything else. <laughs> but that was a very good thing. That was a very good reason for uh, coming up with it. There you go. I walked right into that one. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you mentioned Atlantic City, uh, Jer, with, with the pine, uh, with the Pinelands. Actually, there used to be a railroad connecting Atlantic City and Camden uh, going through the Pinelands. But uh, over time now, uh, the Pinelands has reclaimed a lot of the traces of its industrial past. So a lot of these things, they've become ghost towns, just remnants of uh, villages and and some of the uh, industry that used to be there. And some of it can still be found, but... Yeah, uh, it, non-active. In 99, there was a, a one of the things I came across yesterday, Nick, was a, a video from Weird New Jersey of uh, 1999 um, about a village that was in the pine groves that just the people, there were like six or seven houses and mm-hmm. they were, they're, they're very unique looking houses and they just up and left. 
they left. They don't know why. I think it happened sometime in the eighties. Um, but these families in the this small community literally left their houses with their TVs on their food. And it's a mystery today. Um, that was in 1990. The houses were still there in 1999. Um, but yeah, the, who, who knows why, but these are the mysteries of the pine groves you have down there. Oh yeah. And you know, within the pine barrens also, there's like, they, they say it's probably about 850 different species of plants you can find. And at least, uh, 39 species of uh, mammals, 300 different birds, 59 reptiles and amphibians, and 91 different fish that you can find. And uh, oh. a lot of, uh, there's a lot of these things that are, you know, some of these are considered endangered. So the Pine Barrens are the, uh, the last vestige for a, a lot of these things, and one, one of the reasons it's uh, also protected. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, you know, I... Uh, what did Sandy do to you guys over there, Ming? What, what did uh, what, what is there a big difference between um, what you saw prior to 2011? Uh, I well, it, it, it was pretty devastating around this area. I, I was okay. I'm pretty far inland, but uh, I, I've had a couple of friends try to rebuild houses. Um, and Such a spike. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, and there, there, there are portions that haven't even been still under development. More mm -hmm. uh, recovery, so uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty bad. Um, closer to the ocean, I'm, I'm about 15 minutes away, but as you got closer to the water, uh, there were uh, there was there was more devastation for sure. Well, even Route Nine was affected by it. I don't, uh, uh, Sandy. You would think that Route Nine would be far enough, but there were uh, marshlands that touched Route Nine, and it it destroyed it so badly that now parts of Route Nine are now part of uh, the Jersey Turnpike. So you you have to you're driving on Route Nine, and all of a sudden Route Nine coexists with um, uh, the par Parkway, and then there's a there's a branch off to get back on Route Nine again. And if you look on Google Maps, it'll say Route Nine and Jersey per uh, Parkway. Wait, look, the Parkway or the Turnpike? Which one? The the Parkway. Is okay, the Parkway. parkway. Yeah, it Got goes. It. Did I say the Turnpike? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, no, no. Well, the, first you said the no, turnpike, and then you were saying the Jersey Parkway. Parkway so nine, nine, or the other way. No, uh, Jersey Parkway nine. Enough. I can't. I can't get my right <laughs> rewind. But the but it comes up and and uh, nine uh, ends up going into the Parkway like that. It goes into it, um, and then they merge and then they separate again. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it was you know. What what happened before two, in 2010 is still different than what we have, you know, the, it, as as few years back. And nine years doesn't seem like a long, long time, but a lot of great things that happened uh, down there in the pine groves were, are now uh, forever gone, you know, and yeah. that was just nine years ago. And then uh, just the whole landscape changing all the time. And we'll, but, we'll see what actually happens after what we're going through right now this may have some kind of uh, effect on the Pine Barrens as well, because yeah, I'm guessing there's not as many cars on the road, uh, you know, throwing off uh, <laughs> emissions and that. So, Hey, may, may, maybe uh, some, some other, uh, you know, changes will happen in the Pine Barrens. We, we, we shall see though. 
But Ming, do you hit the beach often during the uh, when when not during the summertime? During the uh, I try. To, I find uh, myself with less and less time to go over there. But uh, <laughs> when the well, I, the beaches are technically open now. The boardwalks aren't, but you can go on the beach and be distant from each other. So, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a we uh, we opened up a pop up studio on the Asbury Park boardwalk uh, this past um, beginning of the year. So uh, I was I was there uh, pretty often this year until everything shut down. So it's nice. It's uh, that's great. Tell us a little about that. The pop up uh, studio. Oh yeah, uh, you know we we uh, we were able to take over some space that was not being used over the winter and. Uh, podcast out of there and uh it, it, it was a lot of fun until everything got shut down but um yeah every yeah. day I, uh, I was behind a microphone like this and looking out and the beach was right there it was pretty amazing wow yeah but- yeah i actually got to go uh, pete and i both uh got to go down and uh and take a look up uh, yeah because uh, a shared universe uh ming uh they threw a party yeah oh, that's great some karaoke in fact uh yeah, exactly yeah, next time Jerryoki for sure. Okay, there we go. Okay. That's <laughs> great. We, we, That's we will great. make it. We will make it a uh, an appointment. Sure, sure. That's great. That's fantastic. What was the name of that podcast? Uh, it was no, a whole studio. It was, studio. Uh, it was a branch of our whole studio. So it was. Oh, uh, okay. Shared okay. universe, Asbury Park. Pretty. Uh, oh, okay. It was, it was just fun. so you know, Jer, like a shared <laughs> universe actually has a f- physical presence uh, in Eatontown. That's, okay. a, that's where the actual studio itself normally is. It's just during this time. We have to uh, do, do our uh, social distancing. So uh, Ming has been doing these things remote for us. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Uh, let, let, let's switch, though, now. Now that we know the area a little bit, let, let's talk about some of the legends of the Pine Barrens, including what you alluded to earlier, uh, Jerry. Um, M- Mrs. Leeds' uh, 13th kid. Uh Otherwise known as the Jersey Devil, and in in fact, I have my uh, my 1995 uh, Devils uh, championship uh, hat on. Well done, well done. Wow, that's old school. Love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, again, um, you know the the Leeds family. They had their you know 12 children, and uh, upon the you know uh, that Mrs. Leeds was going to have her 13th child. Because of the unlucky number and due to the frustration of having a 13th child, she cursed the child saying, you know, he'll, he'll be the devil. And her, yeah, her name was Deborah Smith um, from uh, she married in the 1700s to Mr. Leeds, who was uh, mm-hmm. prominent and and even had the point point Leeds point named after him in the area. Yeah. J- so, uh, you're talking about her husband, uh, uh, Japheth, I believe is the name. Japheth Leeds. I J A P H E T. Okay. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. J Fitz. Yep, I do have that name somewhere. Yep. So, and so yeah, J Fitz leads in uh, in uh, Moss Hill, uh, Moss Mill Road, is where their location and the house is still there, and not far from uh, Smithsville, which is another great, the historic Smithsville, right off of. Um, Route 9 is another great place to go and, and see, and they have stores and restaurants. and It's beautiful in that area. Awesome. Um, and, yeah, the, 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 that's the home of the Jersey Bedevil, right right at uh, that Morris Mill Road, the uh, where she screamed, supposedly she screamed, may this child be the devil, because she was having so much pi- uh, pain mm-hmm. um, from the labor. And uh, he was born a child, but 
Legend has it, he flew out of the chimney after harassing the staff that helped birth like, him. Yeah, she, she and her nurses uh, were, were, yeah, as you said, harassed or hit by the now uh, monster child before flying up the chimney and disappearing into the barrens. And uh, yeah. in, in some versions of the tale, also, Mother Leeds was supposedly a witch, and the child's father was actually the devil himself, not... Um, not Jafet. Oh, okay. So, okay. There, there are many legends uh, re regarding the, the the Jersey Devil. There we go. That's that picture. Is that that drawing? What year was that? Is that nineteen oh nine? I don't have a year on this, but uh, yeah, let's say nineteen oh nine. It's uh, yeah, but yeah, nineteen oh nine. We'll get to that. You know, a lot a lot of the reports. But uh, just so you can get a visual. Supposedly, this is what it looks like in one form or the other. Wings. Um, you know, it, it looks very weird for sure. Yeah, the the the, the uh, official description, if you want to, or the common description, what they say, it's like he's that kind of like either kangaroo or wyvern-like creature with a goat or a horse-like head, leathery bat wings, horns, small arms, clawed hands, and legs with cloven hooves and a forked tail. That's <laughs> that's that's the common description. Yeah. Never saw him though. <laughs> ne ne never oh. saw him. Yeah, yeah. I well, I haven't seen him. And and again, Ming, Ming just saw Rob Bruce, but yeah, yeah that, someone dressed up like him. Yeah, but um, again, th that's one of the tales. Now, if we, uh, we'll, we'll we'll use some of uh, KP's words, and actually, I'll allude to some of uh, um our friend KP Burke. He has a uh, podcast called American Loser, also on the Shared Universe uh, uh, podcast network. Um, and he actually did an episode on the Jersey Devil. And they did, uh, they've done some research on the, the stories. And um, they say rather than being uh, based on a single historical person, it kind of originated kind of a, a group of stories coming from uh, some of re religious political disputes and, and it came from these stories and in and, and gossip so you know like some of these stories uh, regard actually um, Daniel Leeds now Daniel Leeds third wife had given birth to nine children um, which was still a large number for the time and his second wife and uh, first daughter had uh, both died during uh, childbirth. Now, he, he was a Quaker. And uh, he wound up publishing an almanac. Now, does anyone know during colonial times another big uh, almanac publisher? Common Sense by Payne or uh, uh, Ben Franklin? Yes, sir. Benjamin okay. Franklin. Okay. Yeah, uh, he, he was basically a for the time, he was a rival publisher. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, now, l l going back to uh, Daniel, he actually started becoming ostracized by his congregation, the, Qu the Quaker congregation, after publishing some almanacs containing astrological symbols and writings. Oh, okay. they they, consider they considered it, um, you know, pagan or blasphemous. And the almanacs were censored and destroyed. Um, but Leeds continued <laughs> continued on and kept publishing. You know what's and, interesting? Um, there's 
there, Nick, there's a church called the Leeds uh, Community Church in Galloway still. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But you know, Leeds, you know, continued publishing these uh, almanacs, and um, he he started publishing even more es- esoteric astrological Christian writings, and became um, fascinated with Christian occultism and uh, mysticism, and uh, yeah. as well as uh, cosmology, demonology, and angel angelology. Oh, cool. so again, <laughs> censored. But uh, his, uh, let me get to it, uh, his son, Titan, inherited his father's um, uh, almanac business and continued doing the same thing. And he was the one that actually was the direct competitor of Benjamin Franklin wow. and poor Richard's almanac. So the um, competition int- intensified, and in 1733, Franklin satirically used astrology in his almanac to predict Titan Leeds' death on October <laughs> of the same year. Wow. So, you know, Franklin was intending to be that a joke, but um, you know, in, in, a, in a way to boost his own sales. But uh, Titan Leeds was a, a, a bit offended at, at that uh, death prediction. And uh, you know, publishing uh, a public uh, admin... Ah, can't say the word admonition of Franklin as a fool and a liar. So okay. in response, Franklin mock <laughs> Leeds some more and humorously suggested that, in fact, Leeds had died. And in, uh, accord- in accordance with the earlier prediction and uh, was thus writing his almanacs as a ghost. <laughs> so um, you, know, you, you see a little bit of this occult you know, background uh, here associated with the Leeds family. Sure. This is like a 1700s version of a Twitter war or something. It's yeah, kind of. Funny. That, yeah, it is funny. Yeah. So, you know, so, so the, the Leeds family actually had a crest. Now, we, we all, you know, you know what a crest is, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the crest of the Leeds family depicted like a wyvern, a bat-winged, dragon-like creature standing upright on two clawed feet. And was it was it made before Mrs. This supposed like uh, 1735 birth? Well, again, this was the family crest. When the crest originated, I don't know, and it may have been with uh, with uh, Je- uh, what's his name, Jeff. Uh, can't say his name. Wow, having a a bit of a uh, t- tongue twist today. Oh, that- Je- Jessica okay. leads. If it goes back or precedes him, that crest. But does that description sound kind of familiar? Yeah, <laughs> indeed it does. <laughs> yes. So, you know, couple the whole, you know, the crest, the, the, the symbology there, the astrology, demonology, and things that the leads. Um, yeah, almanac was going into, and the uh, the joke from Benjamin Franklin that Titan Leeds had already died and was writing from the dead. Y- you got yourself a a, a bit of a, a tale there. <laughs> Quite a tale, but but the the amazing thing is that we have it bounced back so many times. That's the real curious thing to me. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe we could 
say that the Jersey Devil itself was a fabrication at the time, but why does it pop up three or four other times in, in uh, New Jersey? You are history? correct. You are correct. It, it does pop up. Like in 1887, there was uh, sightings of a winged creature, and they called it the Devil of Leeds, spotted near the Pine Barrens. And as uh, you were saying, um, let's see, uh, we'll, we'll get to uh, 1909 as you were talking, but let's let's get some of the other earlier uh, sightings here. Uh, in Eversham, Burlington County, the, uh, uh, a uh, farmer said, uh, see, let's see, a thing. It was not a bird nor an animal. It's, a, it's, it's the Leeds de Devil. Hmm. Like uh, a sighting uh, years ago, and in fact, it was hunted and supposedly shot at by some of the best marksmen that there were in South Jersey, but it couldn't be killed. So now, now whether that was true or not, or was it, if it was a tale to just scare children, we don't know. But then we uh, we have another sighting. Uh, while visiting the Hanover Mill Works to inspect his cannonballs uh, being forged, Commodore Stephen Decatur sighted a flying creature and fired a cannonball directly upon it. No effect. Um, it, here, here's a strange tie-in. Uh, Joseph Bonaparte. S sound like a familiar name? Uh, I think he had a relative or a family member who... Uh, yeah, an older brother. Napoleon. <laughs> Yes. Uh, he claimed to have seen the Jersey Devil while hunting on his uh, Bordentown estate in the in uh, 1820. In uh, 1840, the Jersey Devil was blamed for several livestock killings. And in 1841, similar attacks were reported, accompanied by tracks and uh, people hearing screams. Um, we'll, we'll jump ahead a little bit. In uh, 1925, a local farmer shot an unidentified animal as it attempted to steal his chickens and photographed uh, the corpse. And afterwards, no one could identify what the corpse was. So did he kill the Jersey Devil? I think not, because in 37, an animal with an unknown animal with red eyes was seen by residents of Downington uh, over in Pennsylvania and uh, compared with the description of the Jersey Devil. Um, in 51, a, a group of Gibstown, New Jersey boys claimed to have seen a monster matching the devil's description and, um, and, and seeing a corpse that arose with that description. In uh, 1960, tracks and noises were heard near May's Landing, uh, and people claimed it was the Jersey Devil. And in the same year... Merchants around Camden offered a $10,000 reward for the capture of the, New of the Jersey Devil, even offering to build a private zoo and house uh, the creature if, if it was captured. But let's get to what you were talking about, Jer, 1909. Um, newspapers of the time published uh, hundreds of claimed encounters with the Jersey Devil from all over the state. Um, alleged encounters published uh, that particular week where um, the creature attacked a trolley car in Haddon Heights, uh, attacked a social club in Camden. Uh, police in Camden and Bristol, Pennsylvania, supposedly fired on a creature to no effect. Um, other reports concerned unidentified footprints in the snow. 
and uh, creatures reported uh, to, um, matching the devil's description we were reported throughout South Jersey and as far away as Delaware and Western Maryland. Hmm. So, you know, the widespread uh, newspaper coverage uh, created yeah. pr pretty much a fear throughout that whole area. And <laughs> schools closed, workers stayed at home. So, sound, sound familiar? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, vigilante groups and hunters roamed the pines in search of the devil. And uh, the Philadelphia Zoo posted a $10,000 reward for the uh, capture or uh, killing of the creature. It's amazing. This actually spurred some hoaxes going on, including uh, a couple of guys that actually took a kangaroo and <laughs> uh, equipped it with artificial claws and bat wings, you know, <laughs> via glue. Wow. So now. Jerry, you have your own tales. Yeah, well, of the area. Yeah, in um, there were uh, ten boys at the Fisher home, and you know, us Bennies coming from Maywood, New Jersey, uh, would come there during the summer, and uh, the younger uh, boys, uh, specifically the the Joey Fisher was uh, friends. I'm friends with him. He still lives there in Bayville, um, right next door to uh, the new house that's on the on the premises. And he had taken us to a little trail, which went right into cranberry bogs, which were, you know, it was. Uh, I just remember being, and I, I to this day, I'm disgusted because the mud down there is not. It's like clay. It's like. When you start getting into before you get to the bog, you're stepping in this clay like it it's not hard and not soft and you step in it and it's black and it's gushy. And um, I just remember being disgusted approaching this bog. But he was trying to take me and my brother. Um, I'm not sure if my sister was there, Bernadette, but I know it was me and Mark and, and uh, Eddie Garris. Uh, who lived on the other side of the house of my, of my short house. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, the Fishers had their dogs and, and, um, Garrison had his dog. His was a big black, very mean Labrador, re uh, retriever, which is not common. The, the, those are very friendly dogs, but this was yeah. a huge black dog. I mean, the Cerberus, if it had two more heads, it, it would have been very similar to it. It was very, very mean, very vicious, barking horribly with its teeth shown but the other dogs that the fishers house were equally as big and they were somehow relatives of that dog but they came along with us and went into the uh the, into the bog that was back there which is fed by mill creek which is uh from tom's river itself it's it's about it's about two miles um inland um so the mill creek somehow feeds into this I always thought that cranberries couldn't exist within, uh, you know, salt water. But uh, so I'm not sure if this was uh, a combination of fresh water and salt water. Uh, what do they call that? Um, what kind of what is that? The name of that? Uh, when, when, when you mix fresh and salt? Yeah. What brine, like a brineish sort of water. Um, but anyway, 
we walked out there, uh, lots of blueberry bushes, snakes, you know, all the typical um, little, you know, possums, raccoons and everything were back there in the back of the woods. Our, our house was on a road, JFK Boulevard, but behind us was acres and acres of land, which is now developed on, but not directly still. If, if I could show you the map um, directly behind, uh, I believe it was like 72 or 75 uh, JFK Boulevard, um, there were acres and acres of, of this marsh barren land, which connected to the Pine Barrens, I mean, all the way down. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we get to the house. I never went near the house. The house was decrepit, and they claimed that this was a possible uh, origin of, you know, some the, the Jersey Devil landed there or lived in there or, you know, it was it was scary. Yeah, it was a weird house in the environment it was in. It was totally away from, it was in a very uh, rural section, totally away from everything else. And, you know, if if, if those, if that house was owned by any person, um, it had to be for cranberry, you know, for the collection of the cranberries, because there's no other reason for that house to be out there. But anyway, uh, it was creepy. And um, uh, look, what's interesting is now, some thirty years later, uh, mm-hmm. one of the one of the um, characteristics of the night that the Jersey Devil was born was a huge lightning and thunderstorm. Um, right. And I very much remember I was talking to my brother just a few days ago about it, and there was this lightning storm. We were we were scared. We were devout Catholics. And anything that had anything to do with the devil or Satan was like it, it put us on edge. So I'm a young kid. I got to be about 10 or 11 or 12 years old. And I was just I was just terrified. I was so creeped out. I was creeped out by the mud and the look of the mud. And, you know, I was trying to catch frogs and eat the blueberries. Um, it was somewhere at the time. Don't, early don't get him confused. Her. What? Don't get him confused. The frogs and the blueberries. Yeah, right. <laughs> My uh, probably did anyway. But uh, so anyway, I just remember we came back to the house. We were, you know, they the the Joey Fisher and Ed Garris was telling us all these scary stories about children disappearing in this general area. And, um, you know, uh, what else? There was uh, some kind of um, in the basement. There was some kind of memorial to the Jersey Devil. Uh, in this, you know, was a more of a it wasn't really a basement, but it was a dugout kind of cave. And uh, I think my brother and everyone got as far as the porch. I stayed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I think my sister was there, because I remember like standing there with my sister and the the, the men, the men, you know, these young. Uh, the, my brother was, let's see, if I was 12 it, he could have been 17 anywhere between 17 and 15. Anyway, mm-hmm. we come back. We're, we're all skeeved and, and you know, I, I don't know. I think Joey Fisher and Ed were laughing. But the, the storm that night has Ed Garrison's dog jump over the fence and hang itself. So the very next yeah. day, we see this huge mammoth dog hanging with its tongue out in this very grotesque look. Um, and the next day, the dog, uh, because I, we imagine it was because of the lightning storm. But, you know, Eddie Garris was one of the people to step on the porch. Nothing else happened 
to anybody else, but um, ah. so but you, you think a, a curse, the next uh, doings of the Jersey Devil. It could have been. Maybe he was Ooh. pissed that we had stepped on his porch or stepped on an area that you didn't uh, clean your shoes. You know. But that actually is a true story. That really did happen. Yeesh. And uh, I, I remember the association of that um, uh, because of a little thing that happened in Hackensack High School where we visited uh, a, a supposed satanic church. And the guy who drove us there crashed into a tree the next day. Yikes. Um, and that, that's, that's all provable by uh, many accounts of people. And again, I have never seen ghosts. I am not one to believe in these kind of things because I've never seen it with my own eyes. But I do have, uh, you know, really weird occurrences that happen after these things, after you do these things that supposedly involve a devil or the Jersey devil. Um, there's a, a weird uh, coincidence, I guess you would say. Yeah, that is a strange coincidence. Eek. And and it's very interesting that you uh, say about you know that large black dog because, you know, there is another Pinelands tale called the black dog. Yeah. A, a ghostly creature that roams the beaches and forests of Abascon uh, Island to Barnegat Bay. Could have been Eddie Garrison's dog, or or the ghost of it. Yeah, for sure. That's right. Yeah. And nor now, normally in folklore, uh, black dogs are considered forces of evil, but supposedly this black dog is a harmless one. So I don't know if it's Eddie Garrison's dog or not, given the the uh, description you've given. But uh, according to the uh, legend, pirates on Abascon Island attacked a ship, killed its crew, and am among those killed were a cabin boy and his black dog. So, so you know, maybe, maybe this was a, a combination of legends uh, coming together too, Jerry. Yeah, and and you speaking of the pirates, I had no idea that Captain Kidd. I thought he was in yep. England, and I did not know that he was part of uh, New England and New Jersey's. Uh, yes, cult. sir. Yes, and so that's you have the black dog. You have the pirates. You have. Yeah, the the, go the ghost of Captain Kidd supposedly sometimes walks along with the Jersey Devil. And Captain Kidd, when he is seen, he is headless. That is another one of the Pineland um, uh, tales. Now, as you say, though, th there's a connection with Jersey. So, yeah, um, uh, let's see. L let me find here. There, there's a couple of things. Well, he was apparently... Married to, I believe, a mammoth um, woman. But there's also uh, tales of, um, uh, let's see, where is it? That, uh, I'm sorry, I, <laughs> I lost my place. A, uh, a girl uh, by the name of Amanda, that he romanced a girl from Barnegat. And uh, there's a uh, buried treasure chest of his near Oyster Creek, New Jersey. Um there's, there's a story that uh, Kid sailed up b the Barnegat Inlet and landed on an island near Tom's River known as Money Island. Hmm. Uh, apparently, people have found some Spanish doubloons and pieces of eight washed up on the beach at low tide in that area. Wow. Now, the, the, the funny thing is, apparently, Ke uh, Captain Kid himself said he had a treasure of a hidden treasure of about 40,000 British pounds. 
but rumors of the treasure actually go as high as 400,000 pounds. Only 10,000 pounds were ever recovered. So are the, you know, is some of Captain Kidd's treasure still somewhere in the Pinelands uh, of New Jersey? Or you might start a run, a gold yeah, run. You never know. <laughs> it's out there. Ming, yeah. I'm, coming, I'm coming by you. We're going to get out those metal detectors. Oh, yeah. We'll grab a couple of shovels. <laughs> yeah, no problem. We'll be rich. But uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's some other uh, tales of the uh, Pinelands, such as the, there's a golden haired girl that sometimes uh, is seen. She's dressed in white, staring out to the sea, mourning the loss of, of her lover. And there's an, um, another one called The Legend of the Black Doctor. Now, the Black Doctor is an actual... There's an African-American man named James Still from the area. Uh, his brother is actually pretty famous, William Still. He, he was a noted abolitionist uh, and wrote the uh, book The Underground Railroad. Wow. And um, According to legend, uh, in the 19th century, James was not permitted to practice medicine because of his race. So, uh, undiscouraged, he went into seclusion and studied. So, for, you know, from textbooks. So, and also there are uh, there are uh, legends that he also learned from some of the uh, local Native Americans some herbal remedies. So. He actually, uh, Dr. James Still wrote a book called Early Recollections, The Life of Dr. James Still about, you know, some of these times. And he wound up opening an office in Medford and was the third largest landowner in town. Wow. But there are different versions about his death. Some say, unfortunately, that he was unjustly lynched when local pineys found out he was studying medicine. Um, uh, other state, he was a hero to the Piney community and died of natural causes of a heart attack, but still roams the pines and is said to come to the aid of injured or stranded travelers in the Pine Barrens. Hmm. The black doctor. Hmm. Yep. There is also the white stag. App apparently a ghostly white deer is uh, said to aid travelers lost in the Pine Barrens. Hmm. And... There's the Double Trouble mystery spot. Now, you, you were talking about, uh, to me, uh, Double Trouble uh, Double Trouble Road. Well, um, an actual road, correct? What's that? It's an actual road. There's yeah, a road there's a, a road called Double Trouble. Oh, when, you get off of exit 80, when you get off of Exit 80, that's the exit I used to, we used to take as, for nine years. And, you know, it was, we used to go all, not, not during the winter, but from, uh, you know, Early spring in May, April, we'd go down to the shore house to open it up, um, and we'd be there well into October. Um, so, you know, getting off of Route 80 was like Christmas for me. You know, I'd see Route 80, you know, driving an hour, two hours. My yeah, exiting, not, not Route yeah, 80. Yeah, exiting that's, off that's of a different the one. parkway. <laughs> and it would be like, and it would say, as soon as you got off the exit, double trouble road. And then we got we'd get on for it like it was a split second. Hit Dover Road and then down Dover to uh, nine and go down nine to get to uh, in Bayville. There was the um, JF uh, Kennedy Boulevard, um, and uh, you know that that's where we went. But um, now, yeah, Double Trouble Road. What what is that? I never 
Never researched the uh, the, uh, but I know there's a park connection, national yes, park. There's a double trouble state park. That's what I was going to ask. It's the on the border of Berkeley and Lacey Township. Okay. And um, apparently, some years ago, um, there was an incident where all of a sudden, all the trees in this one area had apparently just been pushed down in a strange circular pattern by some unknown force. When was that? Um, I don't have the year on that. Uh, it is some time ago, but um, but it, it's it's in more recent times because uh, there were three eyewitness accounts of this strangeness in Double Trouble State Park. Um, in one account, uh, the person talks about all the trees were pushed down, but not cut, cracked, or broken, just bent down to the ground, full-size pine trees. At like and kind of like bent outwards towards the perimeter, no debris from anything, uh, no hole in the center like from a meteor or anything. It's just this strange area of the trees being pushed down. Um, another person uh, talked about, um, let's see, the dimensions are pretty big. It's a complete circle, and if you have a digital watch or t take a photo, it doesn't show in the picture. And if you carry a compass, the compass will uh, go off and start acting weird. And uh, there was a third account, maybe uh, basically corroborating the uh, the last one, talking about the person had you know charged their digital camera and went there to take pictures of this, and the digital camera just all of a sudden just wouldn't work. They left the area, and then all of a sudden the, the camera worked again. Hmm. But there were no signs of a dead battery, so you know, it was just a very odd area. And you know, is this a, is this UFO activity? You know, is this a crop circle? Is this, uh, you know? So you know, you know something, uh, Nick. What's that? That area that you're talking about, uh, double the Double Trouble National State Park. Yeah. Uh, it, it it encompasses one of the areas that my family used to. We used to go to Seaside. Uh, We'd go to Pine Beach. There were so many different locations to go swimming at. Mostly we, we went to Seaside for Seaside Heights for the, you know, mm -hmm. we were 12. It was like 12 miles, but it took us an hour every time we left, no matter how early or how late. You had to traverse the bridges in order to get over to um, the island uh, that made up Seaside, uh, you know, uh, Seaside Park. And, and I don't know if it's a true island or not, but it's a barrier island i think um but anyway after we would get back from sea we'd leave seaside usually six ish or seven we'd rush to uh double trouble park which would have a place called uh glen cedars or cedar creek different different names yeah, different creek. parts Correct. of the cedar creek have you been there ming uh no i have not oh you should go it is so unique i mean i don't know where the water comes from but it is so cold it's always ice cold, whether it's, it's middle it of summer. Blue. Say again. Is it also very blue? No, it's it. Now here's, you, you know what I'm going to say. Ming, you look like I know it's red. It's red, and it's red. filtered by the cedars, and the uh. cedars create create. They have the roots, and the roots collect water, and it causes another bog-like situation with this black mud. And it, it's really surreal. It is. It, it's a beautiful. It's. It's amazing. It's amazing how cold the water is. No matter what 
time, you know, when it is. You could be there in the middle of the day. You could be there. You know how even, you know, I know this is a flowing creek um, that's mm-hmm. running through Double Trouble Road. But the whole the whole aspect of this whole area that you're talking about in Berkeley Township and in Bayville and all the surrounding areas, they're uniquely beautiful. Like, and, oh, yeah. and I guess only the people, only the Pineys, um, like, you know, Ming and Red Bank, he probably has areas in and around his house that there are these uh, little magical areas of, of swaths of land that are just like most people don't know or, or get involved with them. And, and yeah, I don't Jer- even know Jersey why. is actually littered with lots of these places that people just do not know. You know, we, we get a bad, a bad rap a lot of times. So, yeah, th- there are many great things to see in New Jersey. But they're also prime areas for mysteries to happen. Because oh, yeah. they're, they're pushed back away. Zoinks. Uh, <laughs> say it again, Nick? Zoinks. Yeah, zoinks, right. They are, uh, <laughs> it's a really, mystery. Um, they're uh, pushed back away from everything, you know? And cool. You, well, yeah. Well, uh, this is the part of the program that we like to uh, do, uh, Jer. we, we got to go through this quick. But we like to play a game called Jersey, Not Jersey. So what I want to do here is I'm going to give uh, some legends. And you're going to tell me... Is the legend a Jersey legend or not a Jersey legend? Ooh. Yeah, so uh, it's the uh, it's the what exit Jersey stories game that's sweeping the nation, Jerry. It is, it is. And our first our first legend is the Devil's Tree. Is the Devil's Tree Jersey or not Jersey? Hmm. The Devil's Tree. Let me say, I'm going to say Jersey because of the I Devil's think- Tree. I believe it's uh, Jersey as well. I can't remember the legend behind the Devil's Tree, but yes. I think it's a tree it that just won't die. Yes, it uh, is a tree in Bernard's Township, and legends Bernard. say that the, the tree is cursed, and harm will come to anyone who disrespects the tree. Right, do not. Yes, but but it, as Bing says, it does not die. Yeah, don't touch the tree. I don't know. Bad thing has befallen people who have disrespected this tree. Correct. So, um, is the Propsy Maniac, a Jersey or not Jersey legend? Say the first word. Cropsy. I'm going to say no. It's not a Jersey. Ming? I, uh, I believe Cropsy is a Staten Island legend. and uh, not- You are correct. <laughs> yes. I the- wasn't sure where in New York I heard Cropsy, but I, I didn't think it was New Jersey. Yeah, he, the Revenge Assess Boogeyman whose wife and son died in a fire uh, started by careless kids who comes to kill campers every year on the anniversary of the tragedy. Wow. Now, there's actually some odd truth behind the Cropsy maniac. Uh, They found there was actually a former employee of the abandoned Willowbrook Mental Institution who was hunting local children. And the the Cropsy tales apparently um, are based on this, uh, this, this, (laughs) this former employee. Um, how about let's go to um, Dudley Town? Is Dudley Town a Jersey or not Jersey legend? Dudley Town, I'm gonna say yes, it is. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I've never heard of uh, Dudley Town. Okay, Ming is correct. Dudley Town okay. is actually in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, apparently, 
there are artifacts in this town um, uh, uh, going back. And if anyone, if any visitor steals one of these artifacts from Dudley Town, a curse is put on them and their family. People describe uh, a strange lack of wildlife in the area, as well as floating orbs of light, uh, orbs of light, and sinister wolf-like black shadows. I'm not going to Dudley Town. <laughs> okay. Does New Jersey have a haunted go-go bar? <laughs> A haunted go-go bar. I, a haunted go-go bar. I know it has a haunted bar. Supposedly, there's a bar where you can't sit in a chair, and if you do, you die. I, I feel like if this if it did, I would have been there already. But uh, <laughs> it, it might be farther down south where I don't go to a lot. So, but um, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna guess yes, and I want to know all about this. But I'll, I'll guess yes. It's probably somewhere down south that I haven't been to yet. I'm gonna and, guess yes, Tim. And what, what is the most Jersey thing? Yes, a haunted go-go bar South Plainfield called Liquid Assets. Apparently, uh, Liquid Assets was haunted by the ghost of Vincent Mad Dog Call and his associates. But unfortunately, due to an actual shooting at the oh, Liquid Assets no. uh, go-go bar, the bar has since been shut down. Oh, no. What yes, so unfortunately, we cannot visit... <laughs> you'll, ha you'll have to go to Frank's Chicken House in, in Manville. <laughs> or Man, Man, yeah, I think it's Manville. How, how about the Devil's Tower? Is that a Jersey or a not Jersey uh, legend? Devil's Tower is right here in Paramus. You betcha. Uh, well, I'll guess yes too. You're so confident. I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not going to mess with with the, uh, the the confidence of Jerry Porto here. So I'll say yes. Okay. Well, Jerry is confident. You're a little off of its location. Okay. <laughs> um, the Devil's Tower is actually an alpine. And oh, I, I've an visited alpine? this thing. It, it is creepy as hell. Okay. Um, I thought uh, in Washington uh, Cemetery, they call that Devil. In, I thought that that's called the Devil's Tower as well. It's it's possible. But the, the famous one in Jersey is in alpine. Okay. If you uh, go there, is a, there's a strange structure that just looks like it just does not belong there. Uh, it was built um, many uh, in the early 1900s. Um, the, the the gentleman wanted his wife to see a a beautiful, um, be able to see the New York skyline, and apparently something happened, and his his wife Harriet Rionda jumped off the top of the tower. So if you go to the Devil's Tower and Drive and reverse around three times. You may be visited by the ghost of Harriet Rionda. You may also feel like something is pushing you if you walk around the tower. That's interesting. Sounds like a combination of neutral hell and uh, devil's tarot here in, uh, in the Paramus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about, here, here, let's just do a couple more. How about Hell's Bridge? Is that New Jersey or is that not New Jersey? Uh, I'll guess not. I've never heard of Hell's Bridge. I like Me the neither. Though. That sounds evil. Okay. Hell's Bridge is... You are both right. Hell's Bridge is actually... Hey, Ming, this one's for you. Back in Michigan. In wow. Algoma, okay. Algoma Township. Uh, there's a tale of Elias Frisk, a deranged old preacher who uh, pied pipered a group of tethered children into the woods 
slaughtering them one by one and casting them into the Cedar Creek. That's awful. Um, he was hanged, but not before saying he was possessed by demons. Now, yeah. in its current form, Hell's Bridge is a creaky, narrow metal footbridge in the middle of the woods. If you're brave enough to cross it at night, you may hear voices and screams of children, and sometimes you'll be visited by a black figure with glowing eyes if you traverse Hell's Bridge. Wow. That's scary. And l last one. Uh, uh, let, let, let's do two more. Anyone want to catch a ghost train, the Broad Street ghost train? Is the Broad Street ghost train, does that stop in New Jersey? Broad Street ghost train. Yep. I have never heard of any ghost train, so I'm, I'm going to go with no. I've never and heard Ming of it. Ming is leading on me, so I'm hoping he's going with I, yes. I will go with yes. I've never heard of it either, but, uh, you know, again, this may be one of these legends uh, maybe farther south than me that I've never heard of. Well, here's the thing. Okay, Jerry, you are wrong. Ming is ah. right, oh, but you're a little off on the direction. Okay. It's in Newark. Oh. At oh. the Broad Street Station. If you go to the Broad Street Station at midnight on the 10th of the month, apparently a ghostly train will pass. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. And okay. last one. Does New Jersey house Hoppy the Sea Serpent? The Hoppy the Sea Serpent. Yes. That's Something in my mind says that I, I've heard of Hoppy. I'm going to go with yes. Okay. Ming? I've I've never heard of Hoppy the Sea Serpent. Uh, I'll, I'll guess no, just to uh, add a little flavor to the mix here. But uh, Hoppy the Sea Serpent. I want to know all about Hoppy now. Okay. Well, Hoppy the Sea Serpent is New Jersey in Lake Hopatong. Oh, hence the name Hoppy. Uh, people uh, uh, talk of seeing a creature with the head of a dog and a 40-foot-long serpentine body in Lake Hopatgong. Okay. Okay. So, yes, you know, N N Nessie's got a cousin and <laughs> lives in, in in New Jersey. That's in Lake Hopatgong. Still, Ming won. He beat me by, I think, one or two. Yes, I, I believe Ming did uh, win. Uh, uh Again, he's good at this game. He has some practice. Yeah, the game sweeping the nation. Yeah, I've I've done this uh, four times already. So it's a great <laughs> game. Great game. Well, we're we're wrapping up here. You know, some of our Jersey legends and uh, particularly of the Pine Barrens. Uh, I want to thank Jerry. Thank you for being our guest today. Yeah, great job, Jerry. Thank you. No, thank you guys for having me on. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And and what once uh, everything uh you know opens back up again, what, what whenever that is. Um, please uh, come to see Jerry. Uh, he, he runs Jerryoke Entertainment. Uh, does karaoke. Yeah. And um, at yeah, Jalapenos yeah. in Glenrock. Jalapenos in Glenrock on a Friday night. Yeah, Great Mexican restaurant. Have a good time. Yep. Um, and I will. I will be up there to do some karaoke at some point. Cool. Awesome. awesome. Excellent. We, yeah, we First drinks you. on me, Ming. Oh, all right. Well, that. How can I not go now? We should get you, and we should get our friend uh, Chris Campana, the uh, the artist. Oh yeah. yeah, I have an I have a uh, a, uh, a painting by him, you know. Oh yes, and I I remember that's right. It's hanging you know, in my classroom. One done by Chris. The uh, the Star Trek, the, the uh, yep. Doctor Spock and and uh, Kirk and no 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 no, no, no that's McCoy. Mr. Spock. Yeah yeah. Oh, no, Mister, I was a different Dr. guy. 
<laughs> if you want to know how to raise a child, you you went to Doctor Spock. Want to know how to <laughs> Mr. Spock, Mr. Spock, Captain Kirk. If you want to know a Vulcan uh, nerve pinch? You go to Mr. Spock. Yes. That's true. <laughs> All but, right, Ming. It was very, very nice meeting you. you. And you uh, Nick, well. thanks for having me on. Thank you. Ming, thank you for keeping us all uh, together, keeping us sane. And yeah, you know, to everyone out there, yeah, you know, look up some of these uh, Jersey legends. There, there's plenty uh, to go around. Um, and if you find some more, you know, give us a shout. So for What Exit Jersey Stories, I've been Nick Franco. And with me today, Jerry Porto and Ming Chen. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe. Goodbye. Thank you.